come a little closer, madam. I want to tell you about something your children will love. This is Ghouls Only Cast, a podcast about lesser-known films across all genres. Who wants to die for art? I told you, no more deaths in the house! So you take something like Animorphs and you just say, how can I make this even sexier? It's a high bar. It's a very high bar, you know, but we're going to try anyway, uh, several decades prior. Hello, everyone. Uh, This is Ghouls Only Cast, episode three. I am here with Connor. Hey. (laughs) Are you feeling all right about this? First time on a podcast, so, you know, as good as you can, I guess. Well, fantastic. I can't ask for a whole lot more from you. So this episode is a movie that we inexplicably like it's not i don't know it's not really like the best movie in the world it's it's a little dull it's kind of dry but there's it it has something about it and it's got a certain charm and i think the charm is malcolm mcdowell he's one of the charms he's a big charm there's a whole like charm bracelet of charms in this movie yeah we have nastasia kinski we've got annette o'toole We've got... To a uh, much lesser extent, uh, John Hurd. No. <laughs> no, we don't. We got Ed Begley Jr. Yeah. The charm bracelet is like for a baby. It's a very small charm bracelet. Yeah, but it's there. <laughs> so let's just get into it. So Cat People was made in 1982, which was 40 years exactly after the original Cat People came out. It has very little in common with the original Cat People. It's um, much it, more interesting. Yeah, we've seen the original Cat People, but we haven't seen the. Uh, there's a sequel. Yeah. Called like Curse of the Curse of the Mummy's Tomb of the Cat People or some <laughs> sort of shit like that. Yeah, I mean, we tried watching the first one. It was, it was it's very very dull. The fact that it ever got a remake is kind of surprising, but. You know, they did the right thing here by making a remake that was pretty much just a remake in name only. They decided to go with a very different path with it, and we got some interesting results out of that. It was much sexier. Much, much sexier. You weren't allowed to be sexy in 42. No, they would have stoned you for that. Exactly. So this was actually one of the many 40s slash 50s horror remakes that came out in the 80s. That This one is really seldom mentioned, so... We've got The Thing. And The Blob. And the Fly. Yeah. There were a lot of those. Probably the reason that this one doesn't get talked about as much is it was remaking a movie that no one remembers to begin with. True. Oh, we forgot uh, Invaders from Mars. Yeah. Uh, the Toby Hooper one. Mm-hmm. And I um, I found out that there was a remake of The Bad Seed for TV in 85. Weird, That's huh? weird. Yeah, I know, right? But um, so... This is an interesting aside of this is that one of the producers for this film actually bought the rights to like the whole RKO library and they were all set to remake like all the classic universal monster movies like they were going to do probably like the Wolfman, Creature from the Black Lagoon, mm-hmm. Invisible Man, all that sort of shit. But, you know, what else came out in 82? You know, we had Cat People and then we had The Thing and they did spectacularly fucking terrible and so the whole idea was scrapped so now we have tom cruise's mummy well had they gave up on that once again an attempt to remake the universal monster movies just failed you can't do it though i will say in this case 
it failed on the back of a good movie rather than a bad movie. That's so that's true. even more of a shame. That's true. So this movie was directed by a man named Paul Schrader. Uh, he got his big start in film by writing screenplays. Like, he actually wrote the screenplay for Taxi Driver and Raging Bull and Brian De Palma's Obsession, which is a, that's a pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he co-wrote The Last Temptation of Christ that we've been meaning to Another see. Another sexy movie. Uh, Willem Dafoe is Jesus. Yeah, very sexy. Oh, yeah, you got me there. And honestly, I am not too familiar with the vast majority of films that he's directed. He is... Uh, one of the first filmmakers I found out to uh, ever use Kickstarter to help fund a movie. Uh, he was making a movie that starred Lindsay Lohan and uh, serial rapist and abuser porn star James Dean. Mm-hmm. Uh, the screenplay was written by Brett Easton Ellis. Uh, totally on brand for him. So was this one of those Kickstarter uh, projects that actually got made? Yeah. Oh. I think so. It looks like it got made. The script for this movie was written by Alan Ormsby. Uh, he has a very odd career. Like, you know, the the weird part about doing the, uh, like, all the research for this one is that it was really fucking boring. Like, I had no fun researching this whatsoever, which is one of the reasons why this episode has taken so fucking long to come out, is that I just, I'd start reading stuff and I'm just like, Oh, boy. Like, you look at the trivia for this movie, and it's just some fucking asshole wanting to show off how good they are at knowing what uh, big cat Mm -hmm. facts that they have. It's like, actually, uh, Black Panthers are not real. It's actually a melanated leopard. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. It's like, it's fucking brutal. But, you know, anyway, this is one actual interesting part, is this uh, screenwriter. So, Alan Ormsby... Uh, he wrote, did the makeup, and starred in a movie called Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things, which is a Bob Clark movie who made Black Christmas. Mm-hmm. Fucking love Black Christmas. Yeah. And uh, another well-known Christmas movie, uh, a, f- a fucking Christmas story. He covers the gamut in terms of Christmas movies. I know, right? Um, oh, and he made Porky's. Have you ever seen Porky's? Yeah, I've seen Porky's. You've seen Porky's? I just can't imagine you've seen Porky's. I didn't say I liked it, but I've seen it. Yeah, I watched it with my dad. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, (laughs) He wrote Porky's too. Uh, Yeah, we're we're sticking with the Porky's thing. Uh, We don't like Porky's, but I mean, (laughs) it's just one of those things that you got to mention. But the one thing that I really wanted to point out is that Alan Ornsby directed uh, a cult horror movie that I really like called Popcorn. Great, great movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that movie's a ton of fun. It's a fantastic little like homage to your Charles Castle kind mm-hmm. of style. I, I think it's William Castle. William, oh yeah, William Castle. I think Cast- you're thinking of Charles Band. Yeah. Combining all of them. Your William Band Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the mic. Yeah. Uh, your William Castle style of horror movies where like it's all about the gimmicks of like we're gonna zap you in your seat yeah. or have someone running down the aisle yelling. It's um, kind of like a horror version of that one uh, John Goodman movie, Matinee. But better. I didn't like Matinee. Yeah. I watched it because well, James Rolfe talked it up a, a big deal a few years back, so it's like oh, I gotta see uh, it, and it's just I was really Matinee bored. suffers from the problem of like a, what a lot of Stephen King stories suffer from, which is the nineteen. 19- 50s sucked and i'm tired of seeing stories oh that my take god place i know the 1950s were fucking boring you can have a thick ass milkshake mm-hmm. now 
cheerleaders still exist and they're even <laughs> more like yeah they wear skimpier outfits now well it's not about the skimpy outfits it's the incredible gymnastics that it's they true. do without any uh, any um no no safety yeah and a slightly less you know less of a fear of nuclear war which is good yeah i didn't say no no fear but Less. We got some fear. Shit, do you remember a few years ago when we woke up, there was this thing going off on the phone that was like, nuclear missile inbound to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. God, it's been a long-ass fucking four years, hasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. Okay, anyway, so he directed Popcorn, which is a fucking great movie. It only got like a Blu-ray release like a couple years ago, and it was like only seldom found on VHS until that point. It's a really fun movie. I really recommend it. I'm, I'm kind of worrying that we're just going to go off the rails and just talk about popcorn, so we need to move <laughs> on. Okay, so one last thing about Alan Ormsby that I really wanted to talk about was that he created this really popular toy. It's called Hugo Man of a Thousand Faces. It is the creepiest fucking toy I've ever seen in my life. It was featured like on Pee Wee's Playhouse and all sorts of stuff. It's just like this weird fucking toy. I've never seen it, so, so what is okay. it about this toy? Uh, all right. I'm going to keep talking. I want you to look it up really okay. quick. Okay, I'm going to look up the yeah. picture. Hugo, Man of a Thousand Faces. All right, so I'm going to talk about the theme song really quick, because if we're going to talk about cat people, the theme song is arguably more important than the rest of the fucking movie. Hugo's a weird-looking toy. Yeah. Yeah, Wait, he's creepy. Why are you look, looking at t-shirts? Oh, you're under shopping. Go yeah. to images. That is a weird-looking toy. It's fucking disturbing. You No, you know who he looks like? He looks like fucking Marshall Applewhite. Marshall Applewhite, Ma- Marshall Applewhite was the uh, leader of, um, oh, of Heaven's Gate. Oh, Heaven's Gate. Yeah, totally. He looks exactly like Marshall Applewhite oh, from Heaven's Gate. we can finally have a Heaven's Gate action figure series. Thank God. Oh, boy. Does it come with Nikes? He doesn't have legs. Shit. Okay, anyway, so the theme song was a collaboration between uh, Giorgio Moroder, who was known as the father of disco. He collaborated with tons of people, including this collaboration, which is fucking awesome, David Bowie. Oh, yeah. This song alone is reason enough to see Cat People. Oh, yeah. It's such a great song. The song is fantastic. And you can listen to a version of Cat People on uh, David Bowie's album, Let's Dance. He could not get the film version for that so he had to record a whole different Mm -hmm. version and the one in the movie is far superior in my opinion anyway same yeah that's the version to listen to absolutely it has all it has like this kind of tribal beat to it Mm -hmm. and you know it starts out with david bowie just kind of like humming yeah and it's very low it creates like a really foreboding atmosphere Mm -hmm. and then it fucking kicks in and god Damn, it's just so fucking catchy. Oh, yeah. It, it, it just kind of sets the tone for this whole movie. I'd say the movie's a bit sleepier than the song would That's lead you to true. believe. But it's still so goddamn good. It, it gets you excited for the movie, I'll Absolutely. say that. Absolutely. And so I think at this point we can get into, you know, we mentioned a little bit about um, the people who star in the movie. Um, let's just get into that at this point. So the lead character's name is Irina. And she's played by Anastasia Kinski. Uh, she got this role instead of Bo Derek. 
This movie would have been so different if it was starring Bo Derek. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think we'd even be talking about it if it was. Yeah, we don't really talk about Bo Derek anymore. There was a time where she was, like, at the height of her powers. Like, yeah. with Bolero, which is a fucking horrible movie, by the way. Right. It's just, like, her style, her whole approach, her, like... When I think of movies she's in, they just don't match the tone of this movie at all. Well, I can't see it working. Most of the time, it's her husband, John, directing yeah. a weird movie and saying, look at my wife. Uh-huh. I bet you're wondering how I got this wife. Yeah. She's pretty hot, isn't she? Totally. Do you want to see her naked? <laughs> you that's will. My, that's my wife. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's kind of like Dario Argento with his daughter. Yeah, which is worse. <laughs> yeah. But um, so Nastasia Kinski won out over Bo Derek for this role. She is, of course... Klaus Kinski's daughter. Yeah. Um, where do we even begin with Klaus Kinski? Klaus Kinski is a fucking nightmare made, like, human. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he often plays, like, these weirdo, disturbing characters because he was one. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's probably best known for his collaborations with Werner Herzog. I think there was a secret love affair there. They're, they had quite a relationship. Absolutely, because he had Aguirre, The Wrath of God, which is a good movie. Uh-huh. Fitzcarraldo, which I like it more in concept than actuality. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I love the whole thing. It's like, hey, there was this guy who ruined a whole bunch of the Amazon by dragging his boat over a mountain. Well, how do we make that authentic? Well, we have to ruin a bunch of the forest <laughs> by dragging this boat over the mountain, yeah. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But... He was, you know, what you can kind of gather from everything that you see, if you see him in roles, everything, he's kind of a fucking psycho. He was extremely abusive. There were lots of allegations that he um, molested Natasia, which she said, you know, a few years ago, no, he didn't do that. He tried to, Mm -hmm. but he didn't. He was just really abusive in other ways. She said that she still fucking hates him. And she said that she's glad that he's dead. Like, she said straight up like she's like if if he was still alive i would want him in jail mm-hmm. but i'm glad that he's dead instead yeah, yeah. so no matter even if he didn't actually molest her it sounds like he certainly attempted to which makes him just as bad oh yeah absolutely like just it's it's one of those things where you really have to um see like do you really want to separate like an artist from what they put out Mm -hmm. which is it's an extremely complex you know decision that you have to make as an individual like is something that someone did so horrendous that you say like oh i can't like anything that this person's done or can you say like i like this material so much that not i'm not willing to um act like that they didn't do any of that Mm -hmm. but just take art for what it is which is why you know, we have the culture we have now is because there's not a lot of being able to separate things from each other. But if you don't want to, that's all up to you. Yeah. It's totally up to you. I've never seen a Woody Allen movie, and I don't know if I want to. I don't think we're missing out. I don't know. I've heard that they're pretty good. Mm. It's it. it, I guess it's it's all um, subjective. But since we're gonna talk about (laughs) separating (laughs) art from artists, Nastasia got um, her her breakout role was as Tess, which is a uh, Tess is a film by Roman Polanski, (laughs) who is uh, well known for being fucking disgusting. He's a wanted criminal. He's a wanted criminal. He's been running from the U.S. feds for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, he's put out some good movies. Some I'm really sorry. good movies. Yeah, Rosemary's Baby's good. Uh-huh. Um, 
what's that one? Um, Tenant. The Tenant is good. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, also famous for being the wife of Shannon Tate. He wasn't Shannon Tate's wife. Oh, he his was... wife Shannon Tate <laughs> murdered by Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate by. Well, there is a tie-in there. So um, Tess was a film that was nominated for several Oscars. Nastasia was in this movie when she was a teenager. So Sharon Tate actually gave Roman Polanski the book that it's based upon. And she expressed a lot of interest like, Roman, there needs to be a, a movie about this. And, you know, I would like to play Tess if you make the movie. And shortly after she gave him the book, she went back to America because he was uh, filming a movie in Europe, somewhere in Europe. I can't quite remember. But uh, she went back home and was shortly uh, fucking murdered yeah. by the man family while she was pregnant Mm -hmm. and uh i mean everyone knows about that story it's i think people know more about sharon tate's murder than they do about the film she was in that's how big that was for sure and just as an aside i don't think there was any better birthday present that i ever got when i woke up one morning it was the year i had the flu i was really really sick and i was like man this birthday fucking sucks and then i look at my phone charles manson is dead (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh shit (laughs) but uh anyway so without sharon tate uh giving this book to roman polanski there and and the horrible events that happened to her there's a chance that nastasia kinski would have never had her breakout at least as we know it right so Um, very much in a weird way we can thank charles manson for this podcast tonight jesus christ um (laughs) really shouldn't say shit like that but um this is something else is that roman polanski had a weird relationship with nastasia when she was 15 i think when tess roman polanski are you you sure about that doesn't sound like him i know it's hard to believe that roman polanski would prey on an underage girl um Mm. the thing is is that she she was 15 he was in his like mid 40s and um she was like oh you know we went out a little bit nothing happened nothing happened and he was just like oh i I met a beautiful girl we had a we had a uh, romantic affair Where's the problem in that? You'd think as someone who's been running away from the law for decades, he'd he'd want to keep that one a little more quiet, not brag about it while she's saying nothing happened. Yeah, I mean, but the thing about Nastasia is that she kind of suffers from the same thing that uh, Brooke Shields has, which I'm definitely going to bring this up whenever we inevitably do our Stalking Laura episode. Oh, yeah. Um, She's started out as a model when she was very young and she's been sexualized her whole fucking mm-hmm. career. Like she was um she was shown topless in a movie when she was 13. Really really fucking young. Right. But you know, she's a really competent actress. I mm-hmm. really enjoy her. She's beautiful. Absolutely. She's an extremely beautiful woman. She has a very like pleasant voice. Oh yeah. Once in a while, she'll make a face in this movie that like really reminds you that she's Klaus yeah, Kinski's every daughter. Every once in a while, you can say, oh, that's Klaus Kinski's daughter. Because she does the thing where it's like, all right, time to look disturbed. Eyes big, nostrils flare. Uh-huh. It's like, you can uh. really see her father then. <laughs> Don't tell her that. But um, one other thing that I wanted to talk about, that she has like really interesting daughters. Mm-hmm. So she has a daughter named Sonia that was the basis of the model for Zoe, who was a character in the uh, first-person shooter game Left for Dead that I was fucking obsessed oh, yeah. with when it came out. I just thought that was really cool. Um, so she has another daughter named Kenya, uh, the father of which is Quincy Jones. 
So um, she has a daughter who is Rashida Jones's half-sister. Yeah. I find that really fascinating. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Quincy Jones got around a lot. He seems. sure did. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Good for him. Um, so we're going to go into Malcolm McDowell at this point. Malcolm McDowell. Oh, God. Fucking love Malcolm McDowell. Oh, yeah. He's playing a character named Paul, who is Irina's brother. Uh, can't really imagine Nastasia Kinski and Malcolm McDowell being siblings. Mm-hmm. But when he got the role, he was like in his mid-40s and his hair had already turned white. So he just dyed it this unnatural looking yeah. shade of brown. So it, like they have the same haircut in the movie. Yeah, the the age gap between them is... It's pretty it's large. A bit much. But Malcolm McDowell, um, he got his start in 1968 with the uh, film by Lindsay Anderson called If, which... I absolutely fucking love that movie. It is one of my favorite movies. Inexplicably, it's just one of those movies that it just feels really good to watch it. And Lindsay Anderson was one of those like celibate gays where it's like, oh, it's just oh, look at all the, all these young, look at all these boys. Mm-hmm. And like there's so much like male gaze shots like oh, on yeah. Malcolm McDowell. Like you can tell that he like loved Malcolm McDowell and thought that he was beautiful, which is fair because he was. <laughs> yeah, full disclosure, when I was like 14 or 15, I had a crying fit because I I saw I, I saw a Clockwork Orange and I like obsessively started watching it and I just broke down because I was like he's too old for me. <laughs> We're never going to be together. <laughs> But uh, through Lindsay Anderson's film, If, uh, he was discovered by Stanley Kubrick, who watched it over and over and was like, that's who I want for A Clockwork Orange. And that is where Malcolm McDowell, like, really got, Mm -hmm. like, his breakout was as Alex in A Clockwork Orange. Yeah. I really feel like no one else could have played him in that movie. Like, he is that good. Absolutely. um, His career ever since A Clockwork Orange has been all over the fucking place. Oh, yeah. Absolutely all over the fucking place. Uh, usually he would play kind of like controversial roles. Like he um, he was in Caligula, uh-huh. <laughs> which is a film that I enjoy. So do personally. I. Yeah. I mean, how often are you going to see two women pissing on a corpse? Not often enough. Not often enough. Not enough for me anyway. But uh, he's practically every single movie he is naked in it. Uh-huh. That's just the thing that he does. Yeah. I think this was probably one of the last movies that he was naked in. Because mm-hmm. you best believe that he was naked in this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's a prolific voice actor now. He's just... His career has been so nuts. Because yeah. he, he has even said in interviews, like, I don't even remember what all I've been in. Yeah. He has had such a long career. He's in so many things. And like, so many things where he only probably had to do, like, two afternoons. Oh, yeah. We've we've definitely watched movies with, like, the draw of Malcolm McDowell's in this movie, and then you realize he's in, like, two scenes, and you know he must have filmed that in, like, oh, yeah. a day or two. Like, why on earth would we ever watch fucking, like, what was it, like, Home Alone 5 or something? Uh-huh. It's like, well, Malcolm McDowell's in that. Yeah. And he was in, like, some, this shitty fucking movie called Milk Money. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Fine. Fair enough. But then, like, he was in this live-action adaptation of Fist of the North Star. Yeah, that's right. Uh, absolutely bonkers. Like, he does a lot of voice acting now. He he has a son that is, like, an up-and-coming director named Charlie who looks exactly like him. Mm-hmm. It's disturbing. <laughs> uh, he has, like, a younger son who, like, if you see him on social media, he's, like, getting really into music and stuff. Malcolm McDowell and Eric 
burden are like best friends and so like the animals would have concerts and it's like oh here's malcolm mcdowell's 14 year old son going to open for us yeah (laughs) like can you imagine living such a fucking charmed life jesus (laughs) all right moving on um as Alice, who is kind of like the adversary of Irina, the, the love rival, the love rival, Miss Annette O'Toole, mm-hmm. Bev, <laughs> Bev. <laughs> Most would know her as Beverly in the TV mo- movie uh, adaptation of Stephen King's It, where everyone wants a piece. Uh huh. That's <laughs> like the B plot for that movie. Oh yeah, the B plot is. Everyone wants to fuck Bev. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's the adult Beverly. Mm-hmm. She's not the younger Beverly, which is the sister from Ginger Snaps. Yes. Another movie that I'm going to be talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, she was also um, what some people would probably know her as is uh, Martha Kent in the TV show Smallville. Uh, one of the few actresses to not get vacuumed up by the Nexium cult, it would seem. <laughs> A unique honor on that show. You know, it's all about the sashes. Uh Were they scarves or sashes? You know, they were sashes. Mm -hmm. I will say, though, maybe if the Nexium cult had watched Cat People, they might have wanted to recruit her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she has a really expansive career that has, like, a heavy focus in TV. She's kind of just has bit parts all over the place. Uh, She's a really um, pleasant actress. Oh, yeah. Always happy to see her in something. Oh, yeah. I'm always happy to see her. She's, She's... Another very beautiful woman. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And it's one of those things that I like seeing. It's like, you're pretty like you. I'm pretty like me. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, uh, Nastasia Kinski, absolutely beautiful woman. Annette O'Toole, absolutely fucking beautiful woman in her own way. Like, it's just, uh, I love her so much. Mm -hmm. She is, um, she's married to Michael McKean. Oh, yeah. They've been married for. What a great uh, power couple there. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? That is such a powerful power couple like there's like that whole spinal tap sort of thing because you have uh chris guest is married to um jamie Jamie lee Lee curtis Curtis, yeah yeah so that's like that's so cool i think that michael mccain and annette o'toole is just absolutely adorable like they even co-wrote some songs together for a mighty win like one of them is like i think an oscar winning song yeah, like yeah like the called? best original song. is it, it kiss at the end of the rainbow yeah like apparently they were driving a rental car back mm-hmm. uh after a shoot after 9 11 because all of the airports were shut down yeah. and she and they just came up with that song together uh-huh. i think that that's the cutest fucking thing i've ever heard in my life mm-hmm I want to say nowadays, but since you can't fucking do anything right now, um, recently, uh, she, you know, she co-wrote songs for Mighty Wind and she's provided backing vocals for like some of the live Spinal Tap performances Mm -hmm. that were done. I just think that that's incredible. Like Annette O'Toole, so much fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. She just seems great. And, uh, on a different note, we're going to go on to John Hurd. (laughs) John Hurd. His, his uh, character's name is Oliver in this movie. Uh, his character's full name is Oliver Yates. So in the 1942 version, his character's name was Oliver Reed. <laughs> 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 and I think there's a pretty obvious reason why they had to change that. Yeah, because if we had known that, we would have just been saying, why didn't they put Oliver Reed in this movie? Can you imagine, like, Oliver Reed versus Malcolm McDowell, round one, fight! <laughs> <laughs> that that you know this movie might have actually been a hit if they had gotten oh that. jesus well i mean 
Oliver Reed would win the fight. For sure. Possibly. Yeah. Maybe. He would, you know, first he... he uh, Depends how much he'd been drinking. It all depends on how much he had been drinking. If he, if he had done his famous parlor trick, which was, I'm going to confuse you by pulling out my penis, which has a tattoo of uh, falcon claws on it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty obvious why they changed the name to Oliver Yates. Um, and let's just get this out of the way. John Hurd is not John Hurt. (laughs) This has been a huge problem. Like, apparently when this movie came out, the UK press published multiple times, like, Cat People starring Malcolm McDowell, Nastasia Kinski, John Hurt. Mm -hmm. And so people were like, oh, John Hurt's in this movie. But no, it's John Hurt. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was doing some reading, and it turned out that John Hurt was trying to travel overseas and go to South Africa and they wouldn't let him in because they were like no you've been a uh, extremely vocal opponent of a, of apartheid and mm-hmm. you are not allowed in here and they look at it and it's like it's fucking John Hurd <laughs> <laughs> yeah you get barred from a country because it's like John Hurt yeah John Hurt it's like an extreme version of what Daniel Radcliffe and uh, Elijah Wood have to go through oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I can tell the difference you got to look at the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, John Hurd is best known in our generation, for anyway, as being the dad in the Home Alone movies. Mm-hmm. Well, Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2, anyway, before yeah. it went really off the rails. Mm-hmm. Although... I mean, I've... I've ne- I thought they were always off the rails. They were always bad movies. Yeah, you had never really seen it before until I was having, like, a nostalgia kick one Christmas and yeah. was like, let's watch Home Alone. Mm-hmm. I gotta say... I don't understand the hype. Like, it's it's just, it's not a good movie. No, it's kind of like the what I've realized as I've gotten older and going back and watching John Hughes movies where everyone is just a self-serving yeah, piece of shit. that's the thing. It's a very recurring theme in his movies that everyone is. And it's just annoying. Like, yeah. I don't understand why so many characters, like, this goes back to, like, Breakfast Club and all those things. Like, just really annoying, selfish characters. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, fuck you, I got mine in it. Like, mm-hmm. especially in our favorite uh, career opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, I'll never forget reading Jackie Chan's autobiography and, like, John Hughes had written him a script that was, like, Jackie Chan versus a bee. <laughs> and the whole thing was like Jackie Chan was supposed to like something about a, like he had to fight a bee. Yeah. But he was like, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. That was the right move. Yeah. Um, so I would say John Hurd, what I liked him best in that I've seen anyway is I'm, you know, he's in Chud, but I thought Chud was, yeah, but, uh, you know, After Hours yeah. is a pretty good movie. That's a good movie. Yeah, it's a, I didn't know, like, until, like, we had put it in, it's like, oh, that's a fucking Martin Scorsese movie. Right. But it's a comedy. Uh-huh. It's a great movie. Yeah. I mean, I really recommend it. Uh, John Hurd, another one of the reasons why I did not like doing research <laughs> for this episode. His Wikipedia is S-A-D fucking sad <laughs> as shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, it's... He was married to Margot Kidder for six days. Yep. Lots of Superman sort of connections with this mm-hmm. one. But yeah, he was married to Margot Kidder for six days. 
uh, got charged for spousal abuse, and then he got charged for trespassing at her house and, and uh, like, stalking his kid at school. Yeah. Um, all those things about him having estranged children. Yeah. He, you know, I've, I feel bad for saying, like, mean things about him because he did die a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and I read about that, and that seemed like it was a bit sad. And, like, there's this whole quote there, like, about his career, and it's like, John heard on his career, and it was basically him saying, like, I squandered my opportunities. I was so mean. Uh, You know, I was impatient. I didn't treat people right. And then doors just kept closing. I could have done better. It's really sad. Yeah. I mean, didn't you say there was another actor that that happened to? Yeah, Judge Reinhold. Yeah. There's a whole section on his Wikipedia page about how, you know, he had... He feels like he made so many mistakes of squandering his career because he was essentially an asshole the whole time. And so by the when he finally started having, you know, some failures, yeah. uh, vice versa was a movie started that was a big flop. Everyone who like hated him on the way up took it as an opportunity to just like close all the doors on him. And this just in in the in the game that I love, are you hot enough to act that way? <laughs> the answer is always no. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, I think that we have gone on long a fuck enough. We gotta get into the plot at this point. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get into some fucking cat people. Yeah. All right, so the movie starts with like this weird sort of, not like prehistoric people, but yeah. it's definitely like a primitive uh, race of people. I know I made the joke that it looks like Dune meets Steven Spielberg's Flintstones. Yeah, it's got this weird otherworldly vibe to it. Absolutely. I mean, it has... Well, that's because of the song. Yeah, that helps. Such a good song. But they set up this sort of like ritual sacrifice thing where a girl is tied to a tree and a panther just kind of comes up to her and like lightly hops up and puts its paws on her her shoulders and like gives her a little kiss. Yeah. And then that fades into like another part of the sacrifice or something where a girl like goes down into a cave and there's a panther that just kind of stares at her and then that like fades into Irina's face. Yeah. Which, you know, you're watching it and you're like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. You're not going to find out anything else about that for like another hour and a half yeah i mean the only really real indication you get of what is going to happen is the fact that the movie's called cat people yeah (laughs) i i feel like that kind of spoils any surprises you might have had about what's going to happen but yeah yeah, like they the rest of the until there's a big exposition dump later in the movie none of this makes sense but essentially like if you want to just get into it right now you know it's like a werewolf movie but for cat people with weirder rules like gremlins-esque rules gremlins-esque rules for sure gremlins gremlins after dark rules basically pretty like some triple x rules but (laughs) we'll get into that our main character, Irina, arrives uh, off of a plane into uh, New Orleans. She's kind of just wandering around, and there's kind of like a voyeuristic kind of POV shot following her mm-hmm. to a... Um, to a payphone. To a payphone, and she starts to make a call, and then a hand comes down and... and ends the call and, for her. And ends yeah. the call for her, and she turns around like, motherfucker, what? And then it's Malcolm McDowell kind of just given one of his little smirks, uh-huh. and he just goes... I'm Paul. Yeah. And, you know, at that point, we don't know who the fuck Paul is. But then we get a bit more exposition that Paul is her brother. She's been growing up in foster care um, and is basically just reconnecting Mm -hmm. with her family. Yeah. 
he takes her to his house where we meet like she doesn't seem to be his maid per se because we mostly just see that she makes dinner and she watches top cat on tv (laughs) (laughs) yeah but her name is uh spelled like female but her name is famale Mm -hmm. like tamale you know (laughs) i know that that sounds kind of bad but that is like verbatim the line from the movie but her character is played by ruby d who had i you know she's such a minor character but apparently played like a huge role in the civil rights movement of yeah, the 60s absolutely i mean she was uh she was a poet playwright screenwriter and a civil rights activist and you know it's just to name a couple of her accomplishments here uh, not only um did she get nominated for a best supporting actress role but uh she also is a winner of the national medal of arts uh kennedy center honors and the screen actors guild lifetime achievement award so you know, a really accomplished person. Yeah. Um, Playing like a nothing role in this. Yeah, but we do get one of our favorite lines from the movie out of that. She makes gumbo. Oh, yeah. When Malcolm McDowell's like, this is Savamale's special gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> but what did she do in the civil rights movement? That's what I'm interested in. Oh, didn't, yeah. didn't she, uh, she spoke at Malcolm X's eulogy, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, her and her husband. Or she gave She the and her husband were... Um, you know, really uh, active figures in the civil rights uh, movement. In fact, she was an MC at the March on Washington. Wow. Uh, and was personal friends with both Al- Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. That's fascinating. Really cool lady. Mm-hmm. And I really, you know, even though her character isn't in the movie a whole lot, like, I just love it. Like, she gives off real, like, Eartha Kitt vibes. Like, she's very cat-like. Mm-hmm. I love her. Um, so he meets, she meets um, Famale. They have dinner. Uh, and then Paul takes her upstairs to show her, like, stuff that they were going to use to uh, train to be in the circus. I guess you find out later that her, her family were, like, circus people. Right. But you get to see at this point that Nastasia Kinski knows how to fucking juggle. Mm-hmm. And I am always impressed when someone can juggle. Yeah. I mean, that's, like, rule number one. Like, hey, if you ever wanting to impress anyone, just learn how to juggle. <laughs> and so... We're already seeing that Paul is touching Irina quite a bit. Yeah. Like he's he seems like he's smelling her neck mm-hmm. and he you know, he's always he's got his off hand those on her. Creepy boss vibes. Creepy boss vibes? Yeah, you know, like someone needs to talk to HR about this because oh, yeah. he's a little too close. Yeah, and you know, when she's juggling, like he's really like enchanted by it and they sing this like weird little poem together mm-hmm. about like mice. Snapping heads off. Yeah, it was like <laughs> the pussy came around and stuck her head in. Shall I rip your throats out? Oh no, kind sir, we're weaving coats for gentlemen or something mm-hmm. like that. It's really fucking weird, but you can tell like while she's saying that he's like yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, <laughs> soon. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's already all over her, and then that night it shows a prostitute going to like a really fucking seedy motel. Yeah. The kind of motel where, like, you would stay if you were keeping your previously attached brother who was removed from you surgically in a (laughs) wicker basket. Like, that kind of level of motel. Basket Case is a good movie. Mm -hmm. I love the claymation stuff in it. So good. But, uh, so the prostitute shows up and she's, you know, she's one of those prostitutes that is using it also as her open mic night, trying mm-hmm. to make as many, like, jokes as possible, and is just kind of upset that none of her jokes are landing. The room is completely quiet. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when a uh, foot 
a little, excuse me, not a foot, a paw comes out from <laughs> under the bed and just slices the shit out of her fucking foot and sends her flying down the goddamn stairs like it's the exorcist. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, after that, obviously, you got to call the cops. You got to call animal control. And so the next scene we see is basically there's it's almost like a standoff yeah. <laughs> between the cops and this panther in this motel room. And they bring in, this is where we're introduced to John Hurd and Annette O'Toole, mm -hmm. who John Hurd is the uh, curator at the local zoo, and Annette O'Toole also works at the zoo. So they're there to try to capture the panther. Yeah, because I kept wondering, because throughout it, they keep getting asked to come and deal with these all these things. And I always wondered, like, does the zoo always have to deal with these sort? But I guess if it's a fucking panther, you... Like, who else are you going to call at that point? Yeah, it makes sense. Though there is this weird level of, like, familiarity they have with the situation where it kind of feels like they do this often. It's like, goddamn panther again. Uh -huh. Which, I mean, if Paul's been there for a while, you wonder how long they've been dealing with this goddamn panther. You know, that's a good question. Oh, wait, but you're not supposed to know it's him yet. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. There are cat people in this There's movie. A, there are cat people in this film. Um, but you, you forgot Ed Bagley Jr. is also in this oh, scene. Oh, yeah, I forgot he's at that scene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. his... So the, we get introduced to the whole zoo organization yeah ed bagley jr his car runs on self-satisfaction <laughs> zoom mm -hmm. <laughs> we saw him recently in a movie that we liked what was it uh she devil she devil yeah yeah uh also separating art from artists roseanne is an asshole yep that's that's true <laughs> yeah but she plays an asshole in the movie too yeah. so it's great kind of like the klaskinski thing we we're talking about yeah moral of the story everyone sucks mm -hmm. it's just how much are you willing to put up with yeah Anyway, so they're able to trank this panther and put it in the zoo. Um, Irina wakes up the next morning, so she hasn't even been in New Orleans already for a day. And she goes to uh, Famale and is just like, hey, where's Paul? And she's like, oh, he must be at the mission, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah, because he is a holy man. Yeah. And she's, like I said before, she's watching Top Cat, mm -hmm. which I think is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, it just tells her, you know, eh, go out and enjoy New Orleans. It's a cool place. Yep. This, that, and the other. Which, uh, this movie was mostly shot, like, in New Orleans. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. She goes looking for Paul. And, and at his Technicolor <laughs> rainbow, like, Mobius-drawn yeah. church. Yeah. I, I feel like the church must have purchased it from, like, some cult after they had all committed suicide or something. Because it is... It's a sight to see. Oh, yeah. Like, I haven't looked to see if it's, a, like, a real place, but I hope that it is mm -hmm. because it is, like, a fucking Hodorowski, <laughs> yeah. like, absolutely uh -huh. weird little, like, rainbow church. Yeah. She gets in a taxi. Mm -hmm. It is another, like, small character that I really love is just the woman that is driving the taxi. She's just this heavyset woman that's, like, wearing two pairs of glasses. <laughs> over each other, <laughs> over yeah. Over each other. And she's just, like, bopping along to what's on the radio, which is, um, it's like a, a weird little aside thing is that on the radio is uh, the Black Pope, uh -huh. which is a radio evangelist in uh, New Orleans. Yeah. So, like, I looked it up, and it's like, oh, this is the only movie that he was in. <laughs> but it's because he was just a radio evangelist. Yeah. But Irina, uh, they're driving by, and she, she sees, like, this place, and she's like, ooh, what's that? And, yeah. and the lady's just like, oh, that's the zoo. And she's like, pull over. That's where I want to go. And mm -hmm. then the lady just goes, what do you want to go to that dump for? Yeah. Which is fair As dues. We'll see. Yeah. Fair dues. Place is a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Irina... 
being kind of rude is just because the ladies just goes like, you know, why do you want to go to that dump? Let me take you like to the French Quarter. And she's just like, I've already been to the French <laughs> Quarter. Now stop. Uh-huh. And the lady's just like, it's your money. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, whatever, lady. And then uh, so Irina goes into the zoo. And luckily, thank God, this zoo was just a, uh, a set build. Yeah. If this was not just a set, I think... You couldn't put the label on there that no animals are harmed in the making of this movie because that is just cruel, this it, place. Yeah. It's, it's really like old-timey style zoo where you literally just have like a cage with nothing in it except a big animal that's really pissed off that it's there. <laughs> yeah, and just stalking back and forth. It's like, have you ever seen the uh, the Animal Crackers box? Mm-hmm. Although I think they redid they them They did now. because that was cruel. Yeah, yeah, just to have a picture of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it is that kind of level of just like, I, I would be sad if I went to that zoo. I'd just be like, oh, these animals oh, don't yeah. deserve this. It's really depressing. Uh-huh. But luckily it was just a set. It's not a real zoo. Yeah. But Irina gets there and she's walking around looking at the big cats and she sees this very aggressive, angry panther. And she's like, ooh. Yeah, she's she's smitten. She can't help but look at this panther. Absolutely. And she um, whips out her drawing pad because she is an artiste. Yes. And um, just starts feverishly drawing <laughs> this panther. Yeah. And she draws him for quite a while because the next thing we see, it's like, it's, dark the, the, it's the, the pitch the, fucking black yeah, the, outside the zoo is closed yeah it looks like it's been closed yeah and so then we have john hurd who as the curator is doing his rounds he's mm-hmm. just looking around and he sees this woman just standing in front of the panther exhibit it's just like hey not even like angry at her he's just like hey what's what are yeah, you doing here just, you know the 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 um the quintessential hey yeah <laughs> we all know it and, we've all heard yeah. it and she just bolts she oh, runs yeah. as fast as she can yeah like an extremely fast cat-like almost yes. and so he kind of runs after her like you know understandably kind of like what the fuck uh-huh. <laughs> and you know he goes and he sees her and she's like 20 feet and up in a fucking yeah, tree <laughs> she jumped into a tree and needless to say this is the most attractive thing he's ever seen he's turned on oh, because yeah. he's immediately like you want to go get some dinner together <laughs> oh yeah he's like he's like i bet you're starving oh, yeah well because for some reason when she comes down from the tree she's like feverish uh-huh. and he's like you know what the best thing is for a fever shellfish uh-huh so he he's clearly turned on he wants to get her as turned on as possible because he goes to get oysters with her oh yeah he's like i'll show you how to eat you got it Tip it back, let it slide down your throat. <laughs> <laughs> we do get an explanation scene on how to eat oysters, and I wish I hadn't seen it. Oh, yeah. It's very women in love. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's there's one of those... Again. Hang on. Those, there's one of those galaxy brain quotes for you, <laughs> quoting women in love. <laughs> there's two ways to eat a fig. Again. I'm sorry. This was, scene would have been better if it was starring Oliver Reed. Oliver Reed was hot in that movie. <laughs> that scene where he's got the rabbit and he's like stroking the rabbit and he's got that mustache. Mm! <laughs> oh, wait, there's the re- naked wrestling There's the scene. naked wrestling How scene. could I forget the naked wrestling? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so this is the weirdest thing. It's like I found this woman after hours at uh-huh. the zoo. In she, a tree. She jumped 20 feet into a tree. I'm going to take her out on a date. And basically that turns into uh, a job interview. Well, not even a job interview. Cause he's like, yeah, Hey, no he's like, you want a job? And she's like, Oh, I guess I need a job. I don't intend on leaving anytime soon. He's like, huh? Well, you know, you could probably get a job at the zoo. 
let me talk to the curator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So he gets her a job at the at the gift shop because, you know, obviously he wants to continue this relationship, but he wants to do it from a position of power. So immediately <laughs> he's like, found this girl in a tree. If I'm her boss, maybe I can have sex with her. Mm-hmm. So, yes, she gets a job at the zoo. Yeah. And then... Alice kind of meets Irina, helps her learn so how one to... One thing I don't think we've established yet so yeah. far, though, is Alice loves John Hurt. Oh, yeah. She is... Even before Irina comes into the picture, it kind of seems like Alice likes Oliver more than he likes her. Yeah. Like, she's really attentive to him, like, really showing him a lot of attention and, like clear like just the way she looks at him you can tell and he just like kind of blows her off every chance he gets fucking ridiculous yeah absolutely absurd like the whole time like i love making the joke of like oh poor john her <laughs> stuck between having to choose between he has these two beautiful women mm-hmm. Ugh, life is so difficult yeah but for him it's not even like i have to choose he just doesn't even pay attention to alice it's absolutely disgusting yeah. absurd john heard Another round in Are You Hot Enough to Act Like This? The answer is always no. Uh huh. So he just, doesn't deserve uh, an Edo tool. Yep. So just God to kind of. God damn it. Okay, so, good. Yeah, so, you know, th- something to keep in mind as the scene progresses is it has this kind of vibe of like Alice is trying to kind of scope out Irina to get a sense. Like, is she a threat? Oh, yeah, she's casing her. Uh huh. And just trying to kind of pump her for information, but in a nice way. Like, it starts with her, uh, you know, helping her learn how to work the till, mm-hmm. and then they go to a bar together, and she kind of weasels out of her, like, what are you doing? How long have you known Oliver? What are you doing with Oliver? Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And then, like, it turns into, you know, you like your job? Anyway, how's your sex life? Yeah. Like, goes, like, full Tommy yeah. so on her. Real quick. It's like, are you a virgin? Mm-hmm. And that's where we find out that Irina is a virgin. Uh-huh. There's, like, she tells some stories about how, like, oh, I couldn't do it because he was just so big. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, like, it's really cringy stuff like uh-huh. that. But then they kind of get interrupted by a Mata Hari-looking <laughs> woman just coming out of nowhere and grabbing Irina by the shoulder and going, mi hermana. Mm-hmm what mi hermana (laughs) and then she leaves it's like what was that it's like mi hermana it means my sister do you know her it's like no Mm -hmm. it's like so does that mean that there are more people like her out there and just i mean that that's the only way i can interpret that scene that they're actually all over the place this is pre-internet yeah you know you could have a chat room for cat people you could but there there are i'm sure there are many but we're still not supposed to know yet Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to know yet. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I think we forgot the spoilers, uh, but there is kind of a spoiler in the fucking title of the movie. <laughs> so maybe it's okay. But, you know... Um, so far, we've only revealed who one cat person is. We haven't talked about person. the cat people. Well, kind of, sort of. <laughs> I mean, we, we glossed over the fact that the first night that Irina is sitting there, there's like this backwards shot of Malcolm McDowell jumping onto the bed Mm -hmm. very cat-like which is just a reverse of him jumping off of a bed yeah and like staring at her like he's gonna eat her in Uh more ways than one yeah uh gross anyway um moving on the next day the panther is causing a lot of problems yeah it's uh extremely aggressive Mm -hmm. it's not taking its food politely right and just generally uh being a bit of a jerk yeah Blah, blah, blah. Spoiler, I guess. 
Uh, I don't think there's any concerns about spoilers. No, I guess not. Uh, Ed Bagley Jr. gets his arm ripped off by the panther and bleeds out and fucking dies. Yep. While John Hurd just jams his fingers into the hole, uh-huh. and, and Irina just kind of stares. Just stares at this yeah, whole it's thing. like it's like you know you could probably do something, mm-hmm. but she's like watching and going, "I think there's something to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a feeling deep inside me." Mm-hmm. But um, you know, rest in peace, Ed Bagley Jr. Which I think it's kind of sad, like. You don't always necessarily die if you get your arm ripped off, but I guess if you just have John Hurd jamming yeah. his nasty-ass fingers into your wounds, yeah. that you're going to die. Yeah, I guess the last time we see him, he's bleeding out, but we don't see him die, but like yeah. he died. Yeah, we never see him again, so yeah. therefore we can infer that uh, he is no more. Yeah. He has also, ceased to be. Also, we infer that he died because of what happens next, mm-hmm. which is the return of Paul. Absolutely. So Oliver is pretty, um, res- he's pretty resigned and then decided at this point, like, all right, I'm going to kill this fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And he goes to the little holding pin that it's in. And uh, it's not there except for like this, this like Krang looking yeah. goo. Like, yeah. it, like just, there's just this goo left behind uh-huh. and there's no cat, Yeah. which, you know, you wonder how did he get out? Mm-hmm. Who knows? The rules are very loose. Yeah. The cat people rules, there are no rules, mm-hmm. basically. But Paul does show up again to Irina, and he uh, decides this is the, the probably the best time that he can, you know, make his move. Yeah. He's like, I have seen you with him. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to try to do yeah. his accent. I mean, I could try. He's like, oh, I've seen you with him. <laughs> he was like, uh, he's like, what will you do? Will you jump through his hoop? <laughs> Put his head in your mouth like an egg yeah at this point you know she doesn't even know that he's right. that she's a cat people but he's like doing the thing where, where it's like kind of gaslighting where it's like don't act like you don't know because i know that you know that you know that i know mm-hmm. you know and <laughs> yeah the whole thing comes off as like he is just raving and she doesn't know what he's talking about and and he's all, trying to fuck her all you can think this whole time is just like so like clearly he planned on bringing her to come be with him. Yeah. And this plan has been in motion for a long time. They've been separated for years and years and years. Decades. Decades. And the best he could think of is like, how am I going to seduce her? Is like, I am going to have gumbo with her, disappear for like three days, and then come back and start ranting about circus hoops and uh, being a cat. And and being jealous. And being jealous. And then, say, and then going, I need you. Yeah. I need you. And you need me. Yeah. And it's just like... You know, it would have been so much of a better twist if he would have connected with her and said, I'm sorry to tell you this, Paul was a very good friend of mine, but he is dead. Uh Um, I want to show you where he used to work at his mission. Let me show you where your brother was so you could feel less isolated from from your family. Blah, 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 blah. Seduce her and then twist. Aha, I am Paul. Right. But no, instead it's just like this really poor attempt at seducing. It's just like, what did you spend all that time it's, planning for? Because yeah, you, you did a bad job yeah. of this. And it doesn't help because, you know, he she like pulls back from him and his eyes are like cat eyes. Yeah. He's he's going for gasps. <laughs> he is going for gasps. Yeah. <laughs> That's one approach. He could have asked her out to eat oysters. That seems like it would have worked, but instead Kinda, he decided sort of. Well the thing is that it's it's shown that like Oliver is really into Irina. Irina is just kind of being nice. Where she's just kind of going along with everything. She gives in eventually, which we'll get to. Mm. (laughs) 
Yeah, so she's like, no, no, no. I'm not going to have sex with my brother. Man. <laughs> and then does this, like, gymnastics move off of, like, a second or third floor, like, balcony yeah. onto the ground. She runs into the street and flags down a car that happens to be a police car. Because mm-hmm. she thinks that Paul's coming after which he kind of is. And then he disappears. Yeah. And the cops are just like, hey, do you want us to make a report and she's like no mm-hmm. absolutely not it's like okay yeah even though you think all this stuff's good whatever mm-hmm. you know another cop car pulls up and it has a uh, a dog right a um what are they called are they called corpse hounds <laughs> if they're not they should that's a, a great title a, a bloodhound <laughs> corpse hound <laughs> corpse hound no that that's the much cooler version of a bloodhound or like, like from what's that one from uh, the bad seed a stick bloodhound uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but um you know what there's a Ger- there's a bloodhound in the back or no it's german it's a yeah. fucking corpse hound okay I, I think it's it's just a police dog and yeah. clearly the police dog starts getting a whiff of something like it starts barking the dog goes like crazy the dog goes at, bonkers yeah at paul's house yeah. like Clearly, there's something in that house. Mm-hmm. And so they, they go through the proper channels, I think, and uh, get a detective, and they go into Paul's house. Like, they get Famale and basically start interrogating her. And the one guy's like, well, what about the basement? And she just goes, oh, I don't go down there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay, I guess it means we need to go down into the basement. So they get uh, Oliver and, and Alice because they are... An unofficial wing of the detective <laughs> yeah. force at this point. They've been deputized. Yeah. And then they go down into the basement, which is like a fucking London dungeon yeah. terror murder Yeah, pit. there's like some weird cage with chains and it's covered in like human bones. Oh, yeah. It's very Halloween. It, I yeah, like it. yeah. It's, it's, it's like a haunted house. Totally. Yeah, but it's like, there's like remains from like three or four women down here. Uh-huh. Fun fact. (laughs) And so they say like, oh, it looks like this guy's a fucking serial killer. And he's had this panther chained up in his basement. In his basement. And that's who he's feeding the remains to, which if you're logical, that makes a lot of sense, actually, because, you know, there is there are like black markets where people Mm -hmm. trade big cats and stuff like God, can you believe the Tiger King phenomena was just a few months ago? Yeah, I know. Jesus. And but, as we learned from Carol Baskin, you can feed someone you kill to your big cat to dispose of the evidence. Oh, Connor, that's so passe. <laughs> I know. She's on Dancing with the Stars now. Oh, she's untouchable now. <laughs> I can't make those jokes. You can't touch her now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. that That's such a fucking... Okay, that was a reference to The Naked Civil Servant, which is a... <laughs> A biopic about Quentin Crisp starring John Hurt. John Hurt? John Hurt. <laughs> God damn it. Anywho. Um, <laughs> I heard he wasn't allowed in South, Af- South Af- uh, Africa. Nope. <laughs> but anyway, they're basically like, okay, it's looking like Paul was planning to kill Irena mm-hmm. as well. I mean, look at the murder dungeon. Yeah. You have to imagine that that house would have stunk pretty bad, but, you know, we just don't go I down imagine there. you couldn't smell it over the gumbo. It is special gumbo. <laughs> is. Ooh, what if there was people in it's the gumbo? Possible. I can't rule it out. <laughs> Famali's special gumbo is people. <laughs> it's people. <laughs> but, you know, um, the thing is, like, they're in the murder dungeon. Yeah. And, they, and the, the detective tells Oliver, like, 
Irina needs to find somewhere else to live. And he just immediately goes, oh, I can take care of that. Yeah. And Alice looks so jealous while she's standing like one foot away from dead, murdered remains. Like there is a time to be like a worried love rival, not in the murder pit. I I would agree with you, except... I also think that Oliver was immediately thinking that too. Like, oh, now's yeah, my absolutely, chance. absolutely. This corpse, these corpses are the best thing that ever happened to me because I finally have an excuse. I'm going to build a bridge to romance with these bones. <laughs> <laughs> he takes her to his place, which is like a weird garage with a loft over it. It looks like he built it himself. It's yeah. a weird place, but he's like, get plenty of rest, champ. We got a big day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, he's basically like, all right, I'm sorry about your brother being like a, a, serial a serial killer and, you know, torturing and keeping this panther. Um, We're going to go on a vacation tomorrow, yeah. just you and me. Uh-huh. And so he plays Mr. Romance Bastard and yeah. they go to the middle of fucking nowhere. This is like a shack on a swamp. Yeah. Yeah. And they go crab fishing. Uh-huh. And there's this long, yeah. long shot. Yes. Probably the longest shot in the movie yeah. of... Irina walking with those like really long boots that like go up to just the underbutt uh-huh. and she's wearing tight tight shorts that are going really up oh, her yeah. butt and it's like her walking awkwardly holding crabs from behind yeah and bending down and, yeah. yeah and bending down to put them in and then like there's a shot of John Hurt just like very luxuriously standing mm-hmm. back and just staring at her ass. Oh yeah. Which you know fair dude. This was but... his pl- the moment he saw all those bones in that basement. This is what he was playing for. This moment oh, is yeah. what he had in mind. He was like, at last, uh-huh. my moment arrives. Yes. So um, that night, you know, they're they're eating crabs. Mm-hmm. And Paul has said, Paul said something the last time he saw her where, when he was saying, like, you know what you are, basically. And he was saying, he says, like, this really almost, like, poetic thing that's, like, you hear the animals cry out in the night and that's why you can't sleep and like yeah. something like that. And she, so she starts hearing like some weird cooing humming noise mm-hmm. and he, and she's like, do you hear that? And he just kind of stands up and he's like, well, it's gators. You know, the only way to make gators go away is to make love. They can't stand that noise. And then he just starts making out with her and, like, grabbing her boobs really hard. And she just kind of pulls away, Mm -hmm. like, very gracefully pulls away. And it's just like, no. Uh And he feels very upset. It's like, I took you out to this abandoned shack (laughs) in the middle of a swamp. Uh What more do I have to do? And I used that great pickup line on you. Yeah. Yeah. Gators can't stand the sounds of fucking. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Jesus Christ. Right. We're just practicing self-defense right now. Oh, my God. Nothing happens. And then it shows, like, uh, nighttime. Mm-hmm. And Irina is nude. Yeah. She's walking around. Uh-huh. And she has predator vision. Yes, that is true. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like these things where she walks past a snake and all of a sudden, like, the noises are really heightened. Yeah. And then she sees a rabbit plodding along and, and you know, she can, like, hear it, like, mm-hmm. thum, 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 and she can, like almost hear like the blood pumping yeah. through it and there's like weird it's predator vision it's basically like predator, it's also kind of like um do you remember altered states oh yeah, yeah there's like yeah. some scenes like that where he's like experiencing everything mm-hmm. that way. yeah yeah but it is this weird like it's a weird fucking movie that is but it's like this weird heightened sense mode she's in you know it's funny that you mentioned altered states because the lead in that movie was actually considered to be oliver instead yeah. of john hurd 
might have been a better movie because honestly like watching John Hurd like make out and stuff is so ugly <laughs> I don't like seeing and you know he almost turned this role down because he he looked at it and he was like this is a porno uh-huh okay yeah <laughs> but uh yeah she sees the rabbit and she kind of like goes after it yeah and then the next thing you see is like John Hurd like waking up in this like pitch black shack and like he sees like a shape moving around yeah. and he turns the light on and Irina's there she's naked covered in blood yep and she screams don't look at me and, like, <laughs> and then smacks the lamp smacks the lamp uh-huh. smashes it to pieces and what I love then is that scene's over never referenced again yeah there's he is, not a he's scene not deterred no there's not a scene where he's like yeah I had a good vacation but something weird happened didn't phase him at all. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are willing to put up with almost anything uh-huh. if the person's hot enough. Yeah. It's like, in this Justin, and are you hot enough to act like that? Yes. 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 <laughs> the yeah. bar is very high, as we'll even see later. The bar is very high for Natasha Kinski. She can do a lot before he would not be interested in having sex with her. In fact, I don't think there is a bar, mm-hmm. as we'll see. Yeah. And so ever since this happened, you're wondering, like, well, what's Paul doing? Because he is essentially on the run from the law at this yep. point. Uh, he is playing pickup artist right now in a graveyard. Yep. As during a the day. Yeah, as you do. Uh-huh. There is a woman looking at the graves, and he just says, stop. May I take your picture? I need to stop trying to do <laughs> oh, this. I like it. <laughs> it. Keep it up. It's fun. My name is Vincent Price. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, and instead of just being like, why are you taking my pictures in a fucking graveyard? Uh-huh. Are you like the fucking BTK killer? Whatever. But, mm-hmm. you know, she she's very flattered by this. Yeah. And I feel like this is a reference that only people like you and I mm-hmm. are going to be interested in. So the, the woman in this scene was in like the opening scene, one of the opening scenes of um, Last American Virgin. Yep. The one that snorts the powdered sugar uh-huh. <laughs> at the quote-unquote house party. Yep. That uh, was fun. Uh-huh. Picking up a chick in a graveyard can work for some. Mm-hmm. He is back in a pretty nice-looking hotel yeah, room. Yeah, he's got a really him. nice hotel. They're mm-hmm. both sitting there on the bed. Yeah. And she's being very, you know, sensitive to him, I yeah. guess you'd say. She's like, oh, it's okay. You know, it happens. Yeah. Like, you know. He's like, I really like you because he can't get it up. Yep. He can't get it up because, I mean, the thing is, is like, he is, is he like a pastor or a yeah. preacher? He's so, one of those things. Yeah. He's, he's a religious the, man. Yeah. The the detective, when they were in the murder pit, was like saying that, like, oh, he's been in and out of like psych wards. He's mm-hmm. a religious fanatic, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But you would think like, oh, he is that way because he wants to abstain because he doesn't want to hurt anyone. Right. But it seems like he's actively trying really hard and he's frustrated that he can't get an erection to turn yeah. into a goddamn panther <laughs> yeah the whole like he's trying to be celibate angle would make more sense if he didn't have a, a murder dungeon in his absolutely <laughs> absolutely but um he can't get it up but she like starts she she tries hard she tries hard you know she uh she she goes down on uh-huh. him and stuff and uh this is where the rules get really because you okay here here are the rules at their barest form is that these people, if they have sex with another human being, they turn into a panther. And the only way to turn back into a humanoid person 
is by killing a human being. And the only way you can have sex and not turn into a panther is by having sex with another cat people. Right. Which, as Paul will later say, like, there are very few. Right, and yeah. that's part of the reason he an, wants to seduce in, his sister. Yeah. They're an incestuous race. They're an incestuous they have to race. be. Yes, which to your point earlier, there seemed to be just some random Catwoman at that about. diner. Yeah. So. Well, it seems like there's a language barrier, so maybe that's why Paul <laughs> couldn't get with her. <laughs> he wakes up and he's covered in blood. Uh-huh. It's it's a pretty brutal scene. Right. He is completely naked, hairless, and totally oiled, uh-huh. ladies. This is for you. Yep. He's got like this like bit of fat like uh-huh. on his head, and he like eats, eats it, it like a cat would. Yeah. Although I think it's more like how a duck eats yeah. it. Yeah. Just yeah. throw back the head and just just flail a bunch and let it fly down yeah. your throat. <laughs> it's yeah. great. So yeah, eventually it turns out he was able to get it up and turned into a panther. Mm-hmm. It seems like he, he got the best of both worlds with this woman because it seems like the ideal thing that you want is to have sex with the person, turn into a panther, kill that person immediately, yeah. and then you change back. That is where the, the rules become even more confusing with that prostitute at the beginning because right. he was already a cat. Yeah, so, so who did he have sex with before inviting the prostitute? Or did over? he have sex? Because it seems like he didn't have intercourse with this woman. He just got a blowjob. But when he was fucking around with Irina earlier, his eyes changed. Yeah. There are no rules yeah, here. Yeah, we'll see that again in the next scene we see Paul in. Mm-hmm. Because Irina is uh, back with Oliver. She's still living in his like weird little loft situation. Paul shows up again. He like jumps through the balcony window. And I love this. You can see it in the Blu-ray, but not so much in like the VHS or the Laserdisc. Uh, I have all three. <laughs> I, I am a, I'm a big uh, authority on this. You can see him, like, on the balcony, and he's going, like, up and down, like, psyching himself up, like, huh, huh, mm-hmm. huh, huh, and, like, he jumps through. Yeah. And then Irina does this thing where she, like, jumps up on the bed like a cat, right. and she looks very much like her dad when she does that, <laughs> like, in the face. But it's like, it's like, how can you look disturbed, cat-like, and sexy at the same time? Yep. Somehow, she did it. Mm-hmm. But, um... He basically gives her, like, the ultimate fucking incel manifesto. Uh He's like, only you can stop this senseless killing (laughs) by sleeping with me. Right. All these murders will be on you if you don't have sex with me. Right. Which, again, can't (laughs) emphasize this enough. He had no plan for seducing her at any point. He's just forcing himself on her. Right. Like, he, he thought, like, she'd be into it right away. And it's worth noting at this point, like, the rules we've explained, Irina doesn't know about them yet. No. So she's just like, my brother's crazy. Yeah. And wants to have sex with me. That's all she knows. But she knows that she has these weird powers where she's, like, hunting rabbits at night and she has trouble sleeping because she can hear animals crying But she hasn't pieced together that, like, what that really means. absolutely not. You know, she is just like, no, no, I'm not like you. I'm not like you. And then, like, she kind of feigns like she's into it. Like, they start kind of rubbing on each mm-hmm. other's faces like how cats do like cats greeting each other kind of thing. kind of yeah. sort of and then she takes like a piece of glass from the door and like cuts his hand and runs away and when he holds up his hand his eyes are changed again and there's fur mm-hmm. coming through his hand like it's a cheap fucking latex suit and he's yeah. been just he's just all cat underneath uh-huh <laughs> So, Irina, we don't really know, like, where she goes. She just kind of runs off, and uh, Oliver and, and Alice 
come back because, as we said earlier, they're like an adjunct arm of the <laughs> detective agency. They're brought up to see that woman's corpse. and the, the woman in the hotel. The room. woman in the hotel. Yeah. And because, you know, she was mauled by a panther. Right. And they're like, who the fuck's getting the panther into a goddamn five-star hotel? Uh-huh. How's this happening? So, so what's the one guy from Tiger King, Jeff something or other, the the one who would go to Las Vegas know. and, like, bring yeah. the big cats into his hotel room to seduce women? So weird. Like, it's the strangest thing. I actually have a friend that worked in that um, sort of world. Yeah. In that world. There is a, a guy who is a um who's one of the talking heads throughout that whole documentary and she worked for him for a few years mm-hmm. and I haven't like really like jumped on her case like tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell mm-hmm. me but she was like, Oh yeah, I've got stories. Yeah. It's just so interesting. I mean, I know that Tiger King, we don't really talk about it anymore because it's passe now but and i think it's just one of those things like memes in general people run things into the fucking ground to where you never want to hear about them ever again but i mean this is just like the most recent thing i can think of that's like really big cat oriented yeah so that's why we make the jokes sorry (laughs) (laughs) but um we don't know where Irina went oliver and alice are back at oliver's place he walks up to a room and is just like hey what's going on you all right and then he walks in and there's and like it's paul yeah a half transformed paul who like lunges across the room going oliver <laughs> and, and like it's kind of cool because it's like half lit and you see him kind of like transform into the into the panther in right. full and like come after him all right, we need to mention these panthers because I think we hmm. didn't, we haven't said yet. Uh, you know how I said earlier how there's people who are like, actually, there's no such thing as black panthers. They're actually melanated leopards. Blah mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. Uh, Annette O'Toole, her and a few other sources, I said that uh, you cannot train leopards. Right. It cannot really be done. But you can train cougars. Right. So these were like spray painted cougars. <laughs> yeah, they dyed some cougars black. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. But they're very, very cute. Oh, yeah. They're very cute. But, um, you know, basically, Oliver, like, picks up, a like, a, uh, a ruler uh-huh. and is like, back, back, you <laughs> savage, back. And, uh, and Alice comes up and she's like, what's going on? And he's just like, there's a fucking panther in here. God damn it. Get my gun. And uh, Alice saves his fucking life. Yeah. Because Alice is the best, and he has no appreciation for her. Alice is wonderful. She shoots the panther mid-lunge out the window. Yeah, it's fantastic. You couldn't have asked for a better shot. Uh huh. And this is after the panther knocks the doorknob off right. on the inside. And to emphasize how much better Alice is than Irina, so she shoots the panther that's about to kill him out the window. They both look out the window, and they see the panther's corpse on the ground. Irina just kind of walks into frame, and starts screaming at the top of her lungs. I know, and it's you know like one of those mid transformation demon noises right, that like, you get where she's like, oh! yeah, it's like <laughs> overdubbed with like this weird roar. <laughs> yeah, and so like it's one of those things where there's so many movies where you wonder like a few seconds later like what does the scene look like after right. like if they're standing there and Alice doesn't go what the fuck is she doing yeah or anything like that and like, he just turns to her like. You think that's weird. The other night, oh, I yeah. woke up in the middle of the night. <laughs> you always wonder about scenes like that. It's like, especially like that, don't look at me. Like, what yeah. what happens two seconds after? Like, yeah. I always wondered about that. At the end of the first sleepaway <laughs> camp, it's like, yeah, she's standing there. She's making the noise. Her dick's out. What happens next? Yeah. Well, we know what happens mm-hmm. next from uh, sleepaway camp, too. Yeah. Uh, our parents' tax dollars <laughs> paid for it. <laughs> that's right. Oliver takes the panther to do, like, this weird sort of autopsy uh-huh. on it. And 
Oh my god. It's this tranked up panther mm-hmm. with its tongue hanging out. <laughs> yeah. But I, because I wondered, I was like, that's not fake. And it is, it's like breathing and stuff. Yeah. But it's like, they must have just really given that oh, thing yeah. enough ketamine to fuel like a rave uh-huh. you know yeah it is passed out oh yeah and so he he cuts it open he it's weird i was watching it last night and um just for a little bit of a refresher and he has like a tray of like a scalpel mm-hmm. and that's sort of, but he has like a an alibaba knife too like it's really <laughs> fucking weird you know he starts cutting it open it's like a bunch of Halloween smoke bombs start yeah. going off inside it's like all this yellow and green mm-hmm. smoke just spews out of it and when it does that a fucking human hand just flops out like it's Ace Ventura 2 when he's yeah. in the rhino costume. Yeah, it's just the whole, like, it was showing is like, I guess Paul's whole body is inside the panther, which yeah. doesn't really make any sense. But yeah, you like see, like... Like, the panther is a mech or yeah, something? Yeah, you see, like, the arm kind of fling out yeah. from inside. And then, you know, Oliver's just, like, coughing and, and choking and, and wheezing and stuff. And then he turns and it's like, it's just a pile of fucking goo again. Yeah, the whole corpse melts. Yeah. And no trace I, of anything. Again, Oliver doesn't seem to then use this information for anything. Yeah, and he's he's not like, wow, I really feel like I need to go to Reno and kill myself now because this is horrifying and yeah. I can't live with this anymore. Yeah, or like, what does this mean for Irina? Like yeah. nothing, nothing like that ever comes nothing up. Nothing at all. It's like it's just the thing where she was like, he cannot have been my brother, and he was like. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course sure. not. Of course not. Sure. Uh, and uh, I'm not looking at you. <laughs> Shh. Were those gators outside? You know what that means. <laughs> but, you know, uh, Irina goes to see Famale, who is in jail. Uh-huh. Obviously, for, probably for, like, aiding and abetting. Or, <laughs> yeah, a or like killer. Har- maybe harboring a common nuisance. Yeah, we don't, we I, don't know what something. it could be. She's in jail. And Irina is just like, what am I? And she was like, don't a- ask questions for shit that you already know honey and she's like well what do i do and she basically says like all right all right kitty cat uh you made your undersized amazon prime cardboard (laughs) box now go sit in it Mm -hmm. basically and because irena's just like well where do i go and she's like well you don't have anyone guess it doesn't matter yeah like famale's really pissed off because she was really rooting for this to work out because also she's in jail which she's in jail yeah but i mean like uh there's like a knowing part when paul is kind of stalking after irena like he makes eye contact with famale who's like sitting at the kitchen Mm -hmm. table and like she knows and i'm sure that she is sick of finding people for him to kill yeah and so they like want it to work but damn it he just couldn't do the pickup artist well enough Mm -hmm. maybe he should have met her in a graveyard yeah whatever but alice gets on not alice uh irena gets on an amtrak to just go wherever and she does one of those things where like she throws over the like how far will this take me mm-hmm. that's where i'll go yeah and while she is riding she, on the train kind of like getting a little sleepy she she goes into an extremely lucid dream right where she's visited by paul a shirtless paul oh yeah going. with these high-waisted black pants yep and they're back at, again, the beginning scene we were talking about. Like mm-hmm. that weird kind of surreal dune looking place where there's just mm-hmm. like this rock formation mm-hmm. with a tree growing out of it. Yeah. And, Arrakis. Yeah. Also known dune. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so um, she's communicating with Paul and Paul is kind of revealing their history, you know, that they are cat people. 
yeah. that their mother and father were cat people and their mother and father were, were brother, brother and sister. sister. And you know, he says, we are an incestuous race. Right. And, and, you know, it, and it would have been great if he would have told her this in detail when he was alive. <laughs> yeah, prior to trying to seduce her to explain, like, by the way, if you don't sleep with me, you're just going to turn into a panther. Jesus Christ. But the the part that I love yes. the most is that he walks up to the tree and there, there's a bunch of panthers kind of hanging out on the tree. Mm-hmm. And um, she he walks up to one and uh, one of them just kind of gives out this like low growl. And then like dubbed over the growl is this woman's voice that goes, Irina. <laughs> and then Irina just stares and goes, mother (laughs) and then you know it fades into like a um like alice running in the park and and you know malcolm mcdowell saying like you must go back yeah for what reason not so sure not clear and she but she seems to have embraced that advice so you're right the next thing we see is alice going for a nice jog around the park but she feels like she's being followed yeah but it's not by pennywise it's by cujo because she yeah. gets jumped on by, by yeah. a dog but we, we do get like these pov shots like someone is oh, yeah. following her yeah and the soundtrack in this part is fucking great uh-huh. by the way i think it's called paul's theme it's so good like the soundtrack for this movie is great yeah for like sure. it's it's fantastic yeah but alice gets the feeling that she's being followed she goes to like this old really old looking ymca mm-hmm. and uh gets into the pool yeah. And it's very clear now that like, oh, she is being followed. There's a fucking panther in the room because it's, it's like really dark all around the pool. Mm-hmm. Turns out that it's it's just Irina who's yeah. wearing like one of those flashers trench yeah, coats. Yeah, yeah. She's like clearly and, naked under this trench coat. Yeah. Oh, and we forget that Annette O'Toole is naked at this point too. Yeah, that's true. And uh, I don't want to be like really like objectifying or anything <laughs> like that, but her boobs are great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, uh, Alice is just like, why are you following me? I know you want to kill me. <laughs> and the, which is really funny yeah, because yeah. there hasn't really been a lot of um, like indications that she wants to kill her at this point. Right. She's, I mean, I don't think she's wrong, but yeah, she just kind of jumps that right away. Yeah. Like I haven't, she's only interacted with Irina maybe like twice. Yeah. And she's like, I know you want to kill me. Yeah. Well, she knows what's, what's been going on with Paul and stuff, but it's like hearing the, the uh, panther growling is not very, um, it doesn't make you feel good about the situation, mm-hmm. but Irina is just like, I was looking for Oliver. Yeah. Like, and is basically kind of just like rubbing it in her face that Oliver, right. Oliver likes me more. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know why you're doing this right now Irina but okay go yeah. off I guess um yeah and- it is a weird turn where like the last time like before getting on that train you we saw an Irina who was just like I don't know if I can live with what I am like what yeah. am I this is weird the next time she's back she's just like fully into like yeah maybe I will kill you and have sex with the guy you like who knows yeah it's it's a really strange turn yeah when Alice gets out of the pool, her uh, friend that works there gives her, her clothes, and like they're all shredded, right. like they, like it, like they've had like claws mm-hmm. run down them. It's like, <laughs> all right, bitch, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like it's just the most petty thing to do. Oh, yeah. It's like I'll scare the shit out of you. I'll talk about how oh your man likes me more, and then I'll rip up your clothes. Right. Like oh so also especially petty. considering once again Oliver has shown basically zero interest in Alice throughout this whole thing. So, she saved his fucking life. Yeah. So I don't know why Irina even sees her as a threat. Yeah. Well, even Alice is like, has said to him in the past, like, wow, you know, I thought that I'd seen you in love before. I guess I was wrong. It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Uh-huh. 
But uh, at this point, you know, Irina seduces Oliver. It's really, really easy. Uh, the love scenes are very awkward. Mm-hmm. Don't like them. You see uh, Nastasia Kinski naked again. Yeah. Good looking woman. Uh-huh. We've no already esta- there. we've already established the women in this movie are beautiful. Uh-huh. Um, and then she, you know she transforms into a panther. There's some really good uh, prosthetics yeah. that you see when she's like mid transformation. Yeah, it's a good transformation. It scene. looks good. Yeah, it does look good. So she turns into a panther, kind of attacks him a little bit, but runs away before she can kill him. And then there's like a uh, I don't want to say like a manhunt mm-hmm. by the police. It's like a cat cat hunt, cat woman hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, by like the whole fucking police force like they brought out yeah. like the full brass yeah it's one of those classic like middle of the night like a line of people stretching down through the forest with flashlights looking for something looking for a fucking panther right yeah she gets cornered onto a, a bridge mm-hmm. and then jumps off the bridge and starts swimming away and he realizes like oh she's going to that shed <laughs> to, to in... my love shack yeah oh no <laughs> Oh no! Uh-huh. I'm gonna go to my love shack where we ate some rock lobster. Uh-huh. Fuck, <laughs> Connor, you're living on planet Claire. Yep. <laughs> he makes his way to the, the fucking love shack, uh-huh. as it would seem. There's a guy who kind of lives there, and yeah, when, like a caretaker. Yeah, when Oliver's not there, uh, he's dead. Yep. Sorry, mm-hmm. he's gone. Um, but no time to mourn because you look in that window, and what do you see? Naked Nastasia Kinski. That's right. And at this point, Oliver realizes exactly what she is. Yep. He knows what's going on. Yep. He, it seems like he was a little, like he kind of was starting to get a feel for what was going on. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Mm, yeah. You, she basically, you know, I, I can't remember all the dialogue, but we don't want to give everything yeah, away but... because, you know, we kind of want you to see this movie. But for some reason... He is not, like, perturbed by any of this, by any of the events. The no. fact that she turns into a panther, uh, very kinky, yeah. uh, ties ties her up to the bed uh-huh. with with ropes and stuff. And um, he's already, like, ready and yeah, raring to go. She, she has this thing of, like, she feels like she has to choose between mm-hmm. the two worlds. Like, am I going to be human or panther? And she chooses panther, right? Yeah. And, well, there's only one way she can turn back into a panther. Mm-hmm. She has to have sex. Yep. So he he kind of like he has this kind of look on him of like someone who's like, I guess I got to go clean that mess up now. I'm just like, <laughs> well, I guess if you want to turn into a panther, I'm gonna have sex with you again. And just this, I had twice in one night. Yeah, but also like thinking of what is going through his mind of like. As, as soon as I do this, she's going to turn into a panther. Like, how do you how do you get in that headspace? Well, he still, like, performs. He does. I don't understand how, in the back of his mind that whole time, isn't he thinking, she's about to turn into a panther. She's about to turn into a panther. I know. Like, there, there's never that moment where she's, like, tied up to the bed and she's like, what's the problem? And he's yeah. just like, he's like, I'm sorry. I'm just having a little bit of trouble here because there's just so much going on. Yeah. I just, I don't think I can do this right now. Right. Like, Come on, hurry up. Yeah, he's ready to go. Like, I hear the alligators. I better get out of here. (laughs) He's like, oh, shit, there's alligators Uh coming. But, um, yeah, the next thing that we see, he's back at the zoo, Uh like, business as normal. It seems like he and Alice have their normal kind of... he settled. ...strange, strained relationship. Um, Yeah, he seems a little more open to her affection, so (laughs) it gives me the sense that he's, like, 
uh, I guess you win. Yeah. Like, but then he, you know, puts some like meat in his pocket and, and, yeah. <laughs> and he goes to the, oh God, we forgot to mention the orangutan. Oh yeah. Earlier there, it shows some of the animals in their little cages and there's an orangutan watching a soap opera. And this soap opera is, we only see like two scenes of the soap opera, yeah. but it's a soap opera. It's not a real soap opera. It was made for this movie. Yeah. And it's starring Ray Weiss. Yeah, Ray Weiss, uh, Leland Palmer uh-huh. from Twin Peaks. Yeah. And he, and I couldn't figure out what it was about, but like the very last point, like you just see like an orangutan staring at the TV and it's like, all I can remember is all the flames and with my rosemary with my baby inside her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rosemary's baby. Yeah. Fire. Walk with me. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he goes out to um, where all the big cats are. Yeah. And there's a black panther in there. Right. And, uh, you know, he feeds it the meat from, from his hand, and it doesn't bite him or anything. He kind of just pets it, and he looks very, very sad. Yeah. And then um, it freeze frames on uh, the, the, pan- the right. panther when it's kind of just looking down, and so it looks kind of sad. And then it kicks in with the fucking song. Yeah. Like... Up until this point, it was just like the um, like the intro to the song that has right, David Bowie. Because it has a long intro. Yeah, because a lot of the, the intros, David Bowie just being like, mm-hmm, yeah, this yeah. kind of like very hum- powerful humming. humming. Yeah, which is so fucking good. It's great. But like at that point, that's when it goes into the lyrics, like the see these eyes so green. It's mm-hmm. so fucking good. Yeah. And um, you know, like it holds on that for a while, and then when it kicks in, when he's like. When he's like, I've been put... I'm not singing for real, by the way. And he's like, I've been putting out fire with gasoline. Yeah, the song really, <laughs> like, like... It just, like, kicks into fucking... And, like, yeah. when, he, when he does, like, gasoline, like, it, it, it shows, like, the panther, like, roaring. Yeah, it, like, it's, like, unfreeze frames. And it's and like, like, fuck! Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that is so fucking good. Uh-huh. And then that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, you know... This is one of the very few times in life where you could say, you know, things would have been a whole lot easier for you if you would have just fucked your brother. Yeah, the moral of the story is they should have just had an incestuous relationship and everything would have been all right. Yeah. Why can't it be an incestuous relationship that is polyamorous? Mm. Well, not polyamorous, but like... Well, if you can still date other people and like polyromantic. Yeah. But you only have Keep to, it platonic though. Keep it platonic. Because you don't want to turn into a panther. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. We can go out on dates and we can have a great time. We can have the best time. Right. We can love each other. But I only fuck my brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's my rule. Don't cross that line with right. me. <laughs> it is um the movie is a little bit slow. It's a little bit um it's more of like moody and stuff. Yeah. You have to be in a certain mood to watch it. Yeah. I really like this yeah, movie. Yeah, and I would say to like the it feeling slow, like it's not a boring movie. No. It's not slow in that sense. It's just a it's, it's a movie that yeah, it's atmospheric. It takes its time. Mm-hmm. And you know, to your point, that to me that doesn't make it a bad movie in no. any stretch. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just you got to be in the mood for it. It's going to be a slow burn kind of a movie. It's just it's kind of depressing though because Irina is just going to live <laughs> in a fucking like five by five cage right. for the rest of her life. Totally. Yeah, this episode went way longer than I expected it to. So, um, what are some movies that are kind of like Cat People? I think. So the first one I can think of off the top of my head would be The Hunger. Not the, only the is there the David Bowie connection yeah. as well, but it's it's one of those 1980s kind of, again, slow burn, very er, ero- sexual. Erotic yeah. thriller. Erotic thriller. Yeah. So to me, yeah, definitely The Hunger comes to mind. Yeah. Do you have any? 
I mean, I would say The Hunger for sure, just because I think the movie kind of falls off the rails after the very first scene, which is basically just a music video for uh, Bella Lugosi is Dead by Bauhaus. Great scene. Oh, it's a fantastic scene. I think that's why they made the movie. Yeah. But um, if I had to say something that would probably go well with Cat People, I would probably stick in the uh, Brian De Palma category and say maybe Body Double or um, maybe Dressed to Kill. Yeah, definitely on the Body Double side, like no supernatural element there. But Mm. if you're looking for like an erotic thriller of that kind of era. Body Double is really fucking underrated. Great movie. I love it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of music videos and movies. Oh, yeah. The best one for uh, Relax, Don't Do It by Frankie Goes to Hollywood you're ever going to see. Yeah. They don't make porno movies like that. No. But they do in Body Double. Yes. Goddamn. (laughs) So I didn't do as much of my in-depth research when I was doing this one because I just got so frustrated with it. Mm -hmm. It's like you read all that stuff about John Hurt going, I squandered my career. And like you just say, I don't want to read any more about this. (laughs) But... um. I don't know if it's on Shutter anymore. It used to be. I don't know if it still is. It is, it's it is for rent like online. And you know, I never say like, oh, you can torrent this. You know, like I never really say that. But um, obviously, if you want to do that, you can. I guess um, if you have a local video store, you should be using them. Absolutely. I, I like this movie. I think that it you have to be in a certain mood for it. I found it when I was like 16, I think, because it was just on DirecTV and I saw that it had Malcolm McDowell in it. And the uh, description for it was like, cat-like people must have sex with each other to remain <laughs> human. I'm in. Yeah. I don't need to read any more. Yeah. And then like when I was watching it pretty soon, like I was at the point where like Malcolm McDowell died mm-hmm. and I was like, why would I want to watch this anymore? <laughs> because I felt then and I felt and I feel now it's like John Hurt was a very strange choice for this movie. He's not very sexy. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he is well, to somebody. For a couple of years later, he would just be playing the dad in Home Alone. That kind the, of shows the, you the awful father yeah. who forgets his son. Yeah. It's a it's a fun movie. I mean, if you're into those, you know, if you've seen something like The Hunger before or like that that kind of genre, highly recommend it like we're obviously big fans we have the soundtrack on vinyl we've got this movie on vhs blu-ray like we have kind of a disproportionate love for this movie um yeah but uh, it's, there's it's, just something about it i can't justify it at no all. but even if you don't love it as much as we love it mm-hmm. it's still worth watching i think it is i think that it, it deserves a rewatch i think that it has been not treated as fairly as it could be. I feel like it doesn't have as much of a cult following as it should. I th- Absolutely. I think that it deserves, you know, another look. And I think it has been shown that maybe, you know, not remaking all those Universal movies was a fucking mistake because we've seen now that The Thing is possibly one of the best horror movies ever made. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and Cat People maybe not being like one of the best horror movies ever made or one of the best like thrillers ever made is still a pretty fucking solid movie with a good cast. Yeah, it's it's weird to imagine the alternate timeline we could have if The Thing and Cat People had been success and we mm. would have had a string of remakes of 40s and 50s monsters movies that were either like, you know, had great special effects and gore like The Thing or mm-hmm. like hyper-sexualized like The Cat People. Oh, like, yeah. There's a whole world of cool movies that could have been made that we just never got. Yeah, I always think of, like, 
if we could have gotten like an 80s remake of a uh, like creature from the black lagoon movie, oh yeah like what would that have looked like mm-hmm. that would have been pretty fucking cool i think yeah. especially if you got kurt russell in it <laughs> absolutely yeah why not mm-hmm. but i would say that we have talked about this movie way too fucking long uh, <laughs> i think it's about time to say bye connor i hope you had fun i sure did first podcast i hope i i didn't do too badly <laughs> i think you did okay uh hopefully i did okay too but um you know i think that we should definitely talk about another movie at some point soon you know you mentioned it before i'm looking forward to talking about stalking laura stalking laura is, i will make you love me i will make you love me tuesday night film on cbs brought to you by grape nuts uh, yes <laughs> fantastic well thank you everyone for listening uh yeah next episode i'm hoping to put it out uh not too long from now my next episode since it is spooky season now is going to be about the 1992 anime that was made by one man called uh shoujo subaki uh, shoujo subaki aka midori aka mr arashi's amazing freak show which was banned in japan for a while for being too fucking horrible (laughs) so uh i'll see you then and until then Uh, Oh, I don't have a sign-off. Anyway, yeah, thanks for listening. (laughs) See you later. listening to ghouls only cast lightly written produced and hosted by me meg music by dan lucas follow me on instagram at ghouls only press you can support this podcast by supporting my shop ghoulsonlypress.com stay cool ghoul